to What Is It About the Weather, the weekly podcast where we explore the many avenues and aspects of how weather is intertwined into our lives every single day. I'm your host, Mark Jelinek, and this week we're going to be talking about, well, what is it about the weather? It's episode 50. We'll get to that in a minute. You know, every week I like to kick off, generally speaking, with a little how was weather intertwined into my life? Clearly one of the big things week in, week out is this podcast. But even in weeks where it seems like, you know, everything else is run of the mill, there's always something interesting going on in the weather world, one way or another, where I I just kind of stop and pause. And, And this week was one of those weeks where fortunately it was, it was laughable moments. And in particular, there were two that stood out, and both of them just, you know, kind of leave you going, really? Really? How in the world kind of stuff? The first of this was was actually, it was something that happened months ago, and it came across Twitter, and it was one of those little short videos. Really bad downpour. It's like, it, it looked like a traffic cam or something from above. Really bad downpour on a, a you know, Multi-lane road, but, you know, two lanes of traffic going each direction, let's say. I mean, we've all been on those kind of roads that those of us that get out and drive. Big downpour. Lots of rain. Clearly the traffic on on the one side that seems to be a lot of traffic. It seems mostly like maybe a rush hour situation. So a lot of traffic going away and nothing going the other way. So kind of stop and go, but moving along. And you can see these cars you know, kind of doing their thing. And then the next thing on the other side of the traffic is a porta potty upright now, mind you, upright, but a classic porta potty and kind of that aqua color being blown down the road in an upright position. Now, as someone said to me, I hope there was nobody inside. I would be stunned because that would add some extra weight. But, you know, those things can kind of get heavy, literally being blown down the street. And again, this happened months ago and it happened in Uruguay of all places, right? Which is kind of a, an interesting thing. I don't, you know, I get, I get feeds. Actually, I've had a tornado feed from Uruguay before, but you don't always see these things pass along. And this was, again, this was something that showed up as a kind of, I guess, a retweet on Twitter, but it was kind of a funny moment because it came on the heels. What, what actually happened first was Lawnmower Man. And if you haven't heard about Lawnmower Man, just go to Google I'm not even going to put it in the show notes. It kind of ruins the moment of, it, of of finding it and finding the one that you want to see of it. Type in lawnmower or lawnmower man, Alberta, and tornado. So there's some clues. It happened in Alberta, Canada, and a tornado was involved. Actually, what was stunning is there was this tornado in Alberta, Canada that was visually just, it, it was kind of one of those just awe moments because Quite often, when you see tornado videos, they'll be caught up in, you know, so many other things going on, or there's lots of rain and stuff, and it's not real clear. The The shots coming from this to- tornado are amazing because there's so much clarity in terms of the view of the tornado. So, so there was a good angle or perspective for lots of folks. It wasn't just this one thing. But the long and the short of it, this guy's out in his yard. And the yard is fenced in, and behind him is, you know, lots of open field. So he couldn't necessarily see what was going on. But this guy's mowing his yard, 
And apparently it was his wife who took the picture with this tornado in the background. Now, his point was the tornado was a lot further away, and it may have been, and that he was keeping an eye on it. But it was just a humorous moment, and I recommend going and taking a look at it. See the original photo, read some of the stories, because they've been kind of funny. All right, let's jump into the main story. And today's going to be a little different. As I mentioned, we're episode 50. Now, as counting goes, yes, it's episode 50 of the audio podcast of just the regular, normal episodes. We've been doing it for a little over a year now. Leap Year Day last year was the very first episode. But I thought I'd take a moment and pause and not necessarily do a deep kind of weather intertwined element, but this really is. This is my weather intertwined world for quite a bit of things week in, week out. And to share with you some things that I get asked, some are going to be silly little things maybe, others more about the podcast, others might be even recommendations of things for young aspiring meteorologists or podcasters. But the goal really is just to share with you a little bit about kind of the behind the scenes. Now, these questions have come a little bit from everywhere, right? They've they've come from family. They've come from friends. They've come from just people that I start talking to and tell them about the podcast. But quite often, they're things that don't necessarily make it into previous podcasts because they're not necessarily relevant to a show or feedback that, that made sense to share. All right, so again, I may jump around from time to time and, you know, hopefully we'll cover a lot of different aspects, as I've mentioned, but let's start with what was the funnest thing about doing the podcast? And and this I've gotten, of course, as you can imagine, many times. And And I think realistically, I'm not sure this is why I went into it. By no means, I don't think this is why I went into it, but the learning and on the heels of that, the the painless, relatively painless, opportunity of trying. And, l- and let me expand about both of those things. So the learning, I, I didn't, you know, I knew I'd learned something about podcasting stuff, but I've been amazed how much more I've learned about the weather world with some of these stories. Some of them, even ones that I've come up with the topic or the idea, but the more I dig into it, the more I see what's out there. So I'm continually learning every week as I prepare and do the episodes. The other aspect of that, like I said, the relatively painless trying is yes, just about anybody with a, with a mobile device and a pair of headsets could do a podcast today. And that is true. And we'll talk a little bit more about this later, but it hasn't taken much to really get in and get started with this whole thing. And I wasn't sure how that would go. Now, I think this has changed a lot from where podcasting was, let's say 10 years ago when it was really getting off the ground. Because the tools and the equipment and the distribution platforms, etc., make it a really easy thing to do in a lot of ways. All right, so how about least favorite? And I have to say that in terms of the podcast itself, the least favorite thing about it is after I stop recording. And a lot of it's just because it's sort of a monotonous process of getting everything posted and updated. And and again, as easy as it's gotten, as I mentioned in the last thing, there's still a lot of time involved from the moment I stop recording to getting it to where you guys can listen to it. Next, the strangest thing. 
And I think the strangest thing is I, I'm looking at the setup I have now. And for anybody who's ever seen the movie Dune, I feel like the guy who talks into the microphone that's speaking on behalf of the others. I'm not going to get into all the, the different races and things that go on in the movie Dune, but I've now got this little pop filter in front of the microphone. And it, it, I guess it's it's not large by pop filter standards, but I feel kind of like I'm talking into this contraption, yet I'm talking to myself. And in some ways, that's kind of what makes it hard. I don't, again, I don't think it's the hardest part, but it's having that conversation with myself. It's strange. Right? And I feel like I'm, you know, just, I don't know, Tom Hanks and Castaway just out there kind of babbling to myself. And maybe this is what I would do if I were Castaway. Now, somebody asked, and I've gotten this a couple times, is do you work from a script? And my answer is no. Uh, when it comes to even back in the video series, the video series, I had a little bit more of an outline, but generally speaking, when I do the podcast, I have an outline. I don't just work from nothing because as you know, most of the topics I'm going into, there's some research involved. I'm not just frothing off at the mouth about my ideas. Now, you know, sometimes the topics are, are related to things I know much more about, but even in those cases, I try to have an outline because I want to get to specific points. Now, my outline is probably not always the best, and it's probably not always the right order. I do tend to work on that during the time that I'm preparing, and, and usually in that episode prep, part of it is deciding what's in that outline, and part of it is deciding how it gets presented. But even in the day that I'm recording, and I'm talking about the topic, I may find that there is a better way that flows in presenting the information, and I may go around that. But still, I try to work from that set of notes. So the next question, what has been most surprising to me? And I think they were wondering about, you know, some aspect of doing podcasting. And being that I've been in technology and around technology for a while, those parts didn't really surprise me. I mean, I, you know, there might have been something that, well, interesting, but I think the most surprising thing is the global reach. And in podcasting, you will hear other people talk about this in terms of people in A, B, or C country hearing or, you know, that's intriguing to them that they download. And it is. It, it's kind of interesting to look back and know that somewhere in, we're, we're over 150 countries now at some point. And not necessarily regular subscribers, but at some point, over 150 countries, somewhere in those countries, someone's just listened to me talk about this topic that I'm passionate about and interested in. And that's neat. right? And it's, again, could not have happened years ago unless you were a really famous person. And even then, a lot of times people didn't necessarily see or heard you. It may have been in some sort of news story or shared by word of mouth. So having that kind of direct connection direct connection, if I can get it out of my mouth, with people around the globe has been very surprising. And for that matter, see, I'm going to jump around in my notes here because I just hit it because I was talking about the 150 countries. Now, you may ask, do you get 150 for every episode countries? No, it doesn't, it doesn't generally work that way. A lot of times, even like last week's episode, huge uptick in the downloads from Japan. And that's not surprising, Right. You you don't get, you know, you, I'm talking about their homeland and, and things that have impacted them. So it's logical that they might do a search and come across the podcast or at least that episode. And that tends to be what happened is usually when there's something of interest to a region 
or an area. Those will be what I would call the non-subscriber downloads. And they tend to go in and, and pull an episode and listen to it. And, you know, a few of them may stay on board. But generally speaking, you know, the bulk of the listeners are going to be in predominantly English-speaking areas. Now, to that end, though, you know, I've mentioned before that we're in over 150 countries. So what are, what are some of the ones, the most interesting places that still have not downloaded? Okay. And I think the answer is there, there are four of them that caught my eye that not not necessarily interesting, but I'd like to get a download in. Madagascar, no downloads there yet. Greenland. This one's just weird because Europe I pretty much have covered, even in regular subscribers pretty much have covered, except for Austria. I don't know why. I don't know if English is not as big there, or Apple phones maybe, so the, the podcasting kind of background hasn't hit them. Not sure why. But Austria, and of course, Antarctica stands out there. So they, those are all still gold countries for me. But no downloads there yet. No regular listeners by any means. So, All right. What do I think about podcasting? Now, my answer to this is it's interesting. And it's it's kind of open. There's a low, what I, you know, in a business speak, low barrier to entry. It's challenging, on the other hand, for all the reasons I talk, I talk about. Because even if you do a show with someone else, there's these the editing that has to be done. Now, for big companies, for people that just can get behind the mic, it, it's a different thing. But they also have different challenges and, and different things that are put on their shoulders in terms of making sure the podcast is a success that I don't have to, to bear that burden. But a, a one or two person show, all these steps that have to get done to get a podcast recorded, and if you edit, edited and any other post-production work and put out there and coming up with the ideas and all those sort of things. And also the discovery. As easy as podcasting is, as easy as communicating by any of the social media platforms is, we're still in this day and age where the platforms are so huge that discovery is extremely unlikely on its own. So... I can't just throw a podcast out there and magically expect to get thousands and thousands of downloads. So, of course, on the heels of that, the question is, any recommendation for people thinking about getting in podcasting? And my answer is, give it a try. And you don't even have to formally distribute if you don't want to. You can always, it, again, it's so easy to put something up on some sort of shared hosting, whether it's a Dropbox or Google or wherever else, especially for an initial episode. You can just share it with family and friends to start with easily. And then if it feels like it's something more than that, then you can discover the other platforms. There's no reason in this day and age, if you think you might be interested, not to give it a try. There, there's no real downside. Now, I will say that probably one of the biggest things in, in advice pieces that I found out very quickly, and you can even hear this from episode one to episode two of my stuff, is the microphone is key. Again, however, though, there are plenty of decent microphones, less than $100. But even still, if you don't have it, a headset microphone will work to get you started, to test the water. But you will find that if you really want people to listen to you for more than a minute or having a back-and-forth phone conversation, that you will probably need a better microphone. So along the idea of advice, one I question I get quite often more just not just with the podcast but when people hear I'm a meteorologist in general is what advice do you have for young people who have an interest in weather 
and think they want to pursue a career. And you, you hear I put a lot of caveats around it because there's a lot of people interested in weather. But not necessarily, you know, think about, oh, I want to be a meteorologist. Or they do see somebody on the television or something like that, and they do think they want to be a meteorologist. But a couple of things. One is, it's never too early, too young of an age, to start taking the science and math seriously. And I don't say this because you can't do a lot of it in college or even like I did going back to grad school, but it is harder the older you get. The more you're in that rhythm when you're young, if you take this, the math and science seriously and build upon it early, it will be easier. So I recommend for certain doing that piece. The other part of it, though, is even if you find yourself not good in the math and science or those purities don't really ring true with you, so the computer aspect, again, people who are good at computing aren't necessarily good at calculus. But even the design work and, and the creative work, all these things are part of the weather enterprise. So you don't necessarily have to be a meteorologist to be in the weather enterprise. And quite frankly, you may enjoy it more not being the meteorologist. So just something to keep in mind that you don't have to be good in the, in the science and math, but be thinking about other elements and explore other elements that might be of interest to you. So why don't I talk more about the weather? Quite frankly, because there's plenty of other people doing it. You really don't need to hear me talking about the weather. Could change at some point, but I don't think it's really going to. Not, not for this podcast. So along the lines of the podcast, what changes are you planning or what things are you thinking about doing that might be different? And I do think maybe that I'll, I've, I've kind of wanted to do this. You know, I, you hear me do the interesting tidbit or even I do the introduction, the intertwined weather. But as some topics, and, and this is always a struggle, some topics are hard to come up with a good, robust, what I would call a core time window. So I may look for some times when the core material is maybe a shorter segment to do some things on the science. Or significant events. And this gets into weather that changed history. Well, I've had people suggest to me or even bring up. I had somebody was like, you know, the Waco tornado from many years ago happened on the day I was born. It would be interesting to hear more about that. And it would be good to be able to do those sort of segments. And, and maybe they were a historically significant. I mean, even like a Hurricane Katrina or Sandy. And, and again, you can go into different ones around the globe. Maybe a little briefer intro to the topic with a place that you could, if you wanted to read more about it, go and do that. That it what doesn't mean it wasn't impactful. And, and while I try to stay with the, the history ones were things that more likely really reshaped who we are, those events certainly could have had a very high local impact. And so I might start doing some more things like that. The other aspect of it is interviews. And this really gets into do I move beyond even me being the only host? Right now, I don't see that changing. But one of the things I have talked about before is doing interviews, but that requires some different equipment and different setup. And part of it is just finding the time to get comfortable with that and learn it. So, I, and again, not alienating some of my friends because I've interviewed other ones or not you know, talking about one specific product such that I'm endorsing it. So I'm still working through some of the balances and the best way to do that. But I do think some of those things will happen maybe in the next 50 episodes. Then the other question along those lines is, are you going to do any more video episodes? And my answer is, I'm doing some video still. Most of it is the weather shorts and the cloud series that are over on the YouTube channel. And while I don't 
I'm not in the picture. I am at least trying to share that way. I just found that the podcast itself is better suited for what it is, which is an audio podcast. And even on the heels of that is, do you ever plan to do it live? Well, for instance, right now, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to push this episode out today, but it's morning. I'm still waking up, having my coffee, doing those sort of things. And live means I'm probably going to really need to get to a set schedule. And so far, the flexibility has been very good for me because I don't tend. And and that was even a question is how far in advance do you record these things? I have not necessarily followed the rule of thumb with some people, which is, you know, record 10 episodes before you release your first. I didn't do that. I recorded one and pushed it out there. And yes, there's a risk of that. And no, I don't have any shows just recorded and waiting to go. Right. But along those same lines, that, that, provides both a challenge and an opportunity. The challenge is I've got to make sure I do an episode every week to push it out. But it also means that having the flexibility of when I do it and not worrying about what I look like, and, and trust me, you don't need to look at me live to get anything out of this. Might I do it someday? Again, that's that's kind of the things that the answer is yes. If I ever move to a show where I'm doing with multiple people, I think the live would be more interesting. And the video would even be more interesting because you would get to experience the interaction between the host. Whereas right now, I don't think that's critical. Now, of course, you'll let me know if you think otherwise. How long do you plan to do this? Well, the short answer is as long as you guys keep enjoying and listening to it and I'm continuing to learn things. You know, if I had to throw out a number in my head, it would be no different than a TV series, maybe three to five years or something like that. It doesn't mean I would stop doing things, but I might change it to a different format or something. But there's always work or life events that could impact things. But for now, still going strong. And hopefully we'll be having another one of these kind of wrap episodes in a year or so from now. Do I edit? And this also gets into how long does each episode take? Kind of answer them together. Do I edit? The short answer is no, but I have literally deleted episodes. I can think of twice that it's happened that I got through the whole episode and I'm like, I just don't like that. It didn't follow the outline well or the outline was horrible it should have been redone a different way I usually re-record right on the heels of that it's not like I you know had to switch to a different topic or whatever but I have literally deleted whole episodes and occasionally I will edit if I have a sneeze or cough or if something's just really wrong there have been a couple times when I said something I go did I really just say that because I knew it was wrong even when I said it. So I've edited out pieces now I do edit in the beginning and end stuff but that's really just adding it on. Now, some people, and this gets into the additional equipment, some people have what's called soundboards where they can hit a play button. But then again, we get into having a mixer and stuff like that. And these are things, again, that I might grow into, but I haven't yet. And this is why I keep it fairly simple. So how long does the episode take? The episodes on average take from beginning to end. And I would say, you know, again, this was with planning not, not necessarily coming up with ideas or brainstorming along those lines, but from a time that I say, okay, I'm going to do this episode to when it gets out the door, somewhere in the range of eight to 10 hours a piece. Now, other podcasts that are multi-people, like a panel show, they'll tell you it's, it could be roughly the same amount of time, but usually it's different spent. Mine are very research focused. I go into the topic right? I delve into it and I spend hours looking into material on the topic, what the right thing is to cover, developing, like I said, that outline. The recording and the post-production are still a couple hours, but in, in this podcast, they're not the big thing. So from the time I hit the stop mic button, I may have two hours left, hour and a half left to get everything out, show notes to get put up, 
loaded on the website, all those sort of things. But eight to ten hours on average. And again, for those thinking about getting into podcast, it doesn't have to be that long. I, if I really just wanted to ramble on about things that I knew off the top of my head, I could pull off a podcast probably in about two hours from, from front to end. So what's been the most popular episode? And that's a little bit tough to answer because I find, generally speaking, many of them have done well download-wise. Like I said, for instance, the episode last week got more downloads in Japan. And I find the subject may pull people in. But as an example, the insect one about how insects survive winter did pretty well standing out above others recently. Although the history ones, and I think those are some of my favorite as well because I'm learning so much going through it. As a series, those have done very well. You know, they stand out in, in the top downloads of all time. So that that part is going where, and you even heard me talk about even making even little mini history series a, a segment in future episodes. I think, you know, that's driving some of that is the interest in those topics. So let's dig into a couple that are Mark Jelinek specifically focused questions. First one, where can I find your forecast? Well, right now you won't find my forecast anywhere. I've been forecasting for a long time. As long as I've been in the weather enterprise, I've been developing forecasts, but none of my stuff in the past generally was not publicly available, and anything that I might do now currently is not done, other than the woe forecast, which I've been trying out on Facebook, but we'll get to that in a minute. But generally speaking, right now, if you want my forecast, well, I guess you could hire me to do a forecast, but it's not anything that I'm doing out in the public. Do you wish you could do podcasting for a living? Sure. I mean, we all get into these things. You know, this this is classified as a hobby, right? Because it's something I do for fun and takes time. Let's see what the definition of hobby is. An activity or interest pursued for pleasure or relaxation and not as a main occupation. Yeah, that qualifies, right, with what I'm doing. So, you know, technically I'm a, what would be called a hobby podcaster. I don't think anybody's going to hire me to do this. So, you know, don't worry. I don't think this podcast is going anywhere. There's plenty of other people who are better at, Things like improvisation or extemporaneous speaking, even those big words. This is why they shorted improvisational to improv. There are people that are just better at it. There are people that are better behind the camera, that sort of thing. However, if there was a big surge in podcasting, who knows? You never know. It's fun. I love doing this. But there's a lot of very skilled and talented people out there doing these sort of things every day that are probably better at it than, than I've shown or demonstrated thus far. All right. So what's my favorite season? My favorite season is fall. I know you hear me talk about snow, but fall, what I like about is the sense of everything that's going on around. It's the smell of the first fire of the year. It's the fruits that even come out. You know, I love like an apple cider and being in the South, a a drive to the North Georgia mountains, and going through the apple orchards, getting apples and, you know, the things that as as we're kind of huddling down and getting ready to get into the winter, it's just a season that is is comforting to me. And so that is my favorite season. What is my perfect weather day? Well, I think my perfect weather day would be waking up to a thunderstorm going on outside and then maybe some wind to dry things out a little bit, make some rustling in the in the trees and whatnot. Then turning to sleep, you know, maybe some dry period, but then some sleep coming in because the sound of sleep, if you've never heard it, is it's kind of a, ne- a really neat sound, and unlike hail, is not as destructive. And then moving on to snow, and one of the things, if you've ever experienced much snow, you know this is the sound suppression that it creates. 
And I still remember when we were living in upstate New York, the area where we would get lake effect snow. We, we lived in an area, it was, it was beautiful, but not too far away was kind of a, an interstate area. And you had to occasionally hear trucks and could hear this, that rumble of, of cars out in the distance. But when the lake effect snows would come in, not only the stuff on the ground, but specifically when it was still falling, you could hear none of that. And it gets so quiet. So there's my perfect day. So what are my hopes for the podcast? Well, quite frankly, not only that I continue to learn and enjoy, but that you continue to learn new things and enjoy it. And that there's continued growth. You know, originally it, people get into the podcasting, they think, oh, I'm going to get hundreds or thousands of downloads per episode and everybody's going to love me. And they get disappointed when that doesn't happen. Because again, for most people, it doesn't. I'm not hung up on that. I love that the numbers continue to increase. And that's what, the, you know, that that's a motivation. But like I said, as much that I get out of it, knowing that I get feedback. You know, I had someone, a new listener just last week who suggested, Steve, that suggested you know, an episode on misconceptions about weather. And, you know, I was telling him about the folklore episode in an exchange we had because he was new. He had not heard that episode. But he brought up a different angle and a different way to think about it. You, you know, not so much. He was mentioning myths and misconceptions. And I talked to him a little bit. Maybe there's a way to even do an angle about safety, about misconceptions that may end up costing you your life or something like that. So I'm looking at it as a future episode and I'm going to try to do it. But knowing every week or two, I get an email from a new listener that says, oh, I just found your podcast and it's interesting. Have you ever done something like this or that? Or, you know, just keep up the work, whatever it is. Those sort of things are nice. So hearing from new people, as well as hearing from people that I've done it with a long time and just have a new idea or just want to say thank you. All that stuff goes a long way in making it easier when you're not doing stuff for a living. And it does take eight to ten hours of your week. And I'm not just doing it for my own benefit. I mean, in some ways I am. But let's be real, I, I'm doing it for other people. Otherwise, I wouldn't necessarily be throwing it out there for you guys to listen to. Now, the last thing, how did you come up with or where did RSVP come from? Well, we all know that RSVP is by no means mine, but did I come up with it from a podcasting standpoint? As far as I know, yes. And you know the, the things, rate, share, validate, and pledge, right? And I, I guess I could have done weather-related terms, rain, snow, vortex. The, the P is always a problem because, you know, you got polar, but this doesn't sound right. Like maybe psychrometer, for those who don't know it, go look it up. It's spelled like psych. Sling psychrometer, and you can learn something about weather. I won't give it away. But I'll just end the podcast with those same things, which is this is not something you'll hear just from me as a podcaster, but you'll hear from many of us. And, and hopefully in these Q&As, you've heard why. So much of what we do depends on you guys, the people that are consuming these things, and hopefully you're getting value out of it. But each one of these things helps. You know, I mentioned the challenges with, with discoverability for any podcast or things like that, but the rating. You know, we, we all mention iTunes because that does seem to be a big thing in iTunes. So if you've listened to this from iTunes and you never stopped and put a review in or just given some stars, of course we all want perfect stars, consider doing that. But but it's other things as well. It, it's following on, on Twitter. You know, more followers helps with things. And, and again, I'm not even looking at it personally, but follow the podcast if you're willing to. It's not a big deal if you don't. The Facebook page, I've started this. We all struggle with the social media. I'm still not sure of the exact fit 
for social media and podcast. But I started a Facebook page, and I've been doing. I just started in the past couple of weeks doing this woe forecast thing. But if you like or follow the page, more people discover it. The funny thing is, I've got more discovery from the continent of Africa with the Facebook page than anywhere else so far. I haven't really been promoting the page. And I don't know that I will, because I'm not doing a lot there, and you're not going to get overwhelmed with it. But those things, that that's kind of all falls in the rating category. Help. Sharing. You guys have been great at this, and this board I know you've been doing well. Telling other people about it. Retweeting a tweet or sharing a Facebook post, whatever it might be. Because I'm always hearing, well, I heard about your podcast from X, Y, or Z. And that means a lot. So keep doing that. Validate you know, or vortex. It feels like a vortex sometimes. Giving feedback, show ideas, or just saying thank you. All those things go a long way, especially in the tough weeks. There are some of these episodes that I'll do because someone requests them and I don't necessarily feel comfortable with, but I I think they're important to do. And I want to do well for other people. It's not just about me. So the validation, it's not about ego or anything else. It's just about knowing that, that I'm on the right track. And and that does mean let me know when you don't like things too. Okay. Because how this shapes and grows while I think I may be doing it right. You have plenty of good ideas too. And lastly, pledge. If you're getting value from the podcast and want to consider supporting it on Patreon, that does go a long way. That microphone that I purchased, the software I purchased, the new little pop filter that I've gotten recently actually came from PayPal, but Patreon or PayPal. Patreon, if you get 25 cents of value out of this show every episode and you're willing, a dollar a month, that goes a long way. All those things help with maybe some of these other things I'm looking at, which would require a a mixer and or some other components. Some of this stuff I tend to buy out of my pocket to get started with. But the good news is, for the most part, you guys help me cover the cost, which makes it a little easier for me to not have to worry about where's that money going to come from. I can focus on what's neat and interesting to talk about with you guys. There's RSVP in a nutshell, and I'd like to think it was my idea. I think it was, but you know, someone may tell me down the road that someone would come out with a long time ago. I don't know. But with that, I'll just say you know the ways to get in touch, right? via email on the webpage, whatisitabouttheweather.com slash contact. Just go there. The support stuff you know. And, of course, you can follow me or the show on Twitter, on Facebook, me personally on Instagram. I still haven't figured out a good way to do the podcast with Instagram, and I don't know that I got time to keep up with one more thing. So let's bring this podcast to a close Closing as we normally do, saying, I hope you have an interesting, enjoyable, fascinating, relaxing, intertwined weather week. Because as we all know, there's much more to weather than the weather itself. This is too much production. We're tired of hearing our uncle grovel, so please support him on patreon.com slash weather.